Welcome to the Movie Theater Time Machine Podcast. Hey, today we have a fun one for you folks. Let me announce it, Max. Uh, we have The Man Who Knew Too Much, 1934. Hey, I saw this one. This one's pretty good. Hey, that'll save us the, the time ruining. Yeah. You, you want to be on our show? Yeah, okay. I, I know you're kind of shy. Well, no, it starts Peter Lore. We have a fun time for you folks. Oh, okay, turn it over to Kaz and Nick. Uh, yeah, there we go. So let's start the show. <laughs> Alright, well, I wouldn't say necessarily stars, but he's, like, the bad guy, and I read this was his first English-speaking role. Yeah. So he's the lead bad guy. Oh, I'm Kaz. Yeah. My name is not lead bad guy. Uh, it's a... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, this movie was remade in, I think, 1956 or something in color? Yeah. But, um, Alfred Hitchcock, um... Looks like it was Jimmy Stewart who did it. What? Yeah, I don't know. This is what it looked like. In it or up. directed it? No, no, who was in it. Who did, oh, okay. uh, who did the dad role. The dad role. Yeah, per se. So, I mean... Jeez, what a wild, what a weird movie to end Peter Lore month on. Yeah. At least but that, less less weird than the uh some of the alternatives. Yeah, what we were going to do was some of the Mr. Moto movies. But I'm like, and, man, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it's super cringy. Yeah, no, it was a good idea not to do that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen it, but but I assume since it's old timey, it probably horribly racist. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, although there could have been, there could have been with other stuff, but... I know. don't know. I don't want to know. Hell. But this sounded decent, because I've heard, you know, I've heard of this title before, and it was like a thriller, and uh, Alfred Hitchcock sounds good. Yeah, our first Hitchcock film, too. That we've reviewed? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, we did one, um... Oh. Shoot, I can't. No, no, no. We did. We watched it, but I mean, we we weren't. We were gonna do it, but then it ended up being way too boring. Oh. Uh, uh, it was the Grace Kelly one. I don't know. The one my grandmother loaned us. Huh. Yes, nineteen fifty six was the remake. Right. Was that right? Was it Jimmy Stewart? I don't know. I'm just looking it up, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Oh, I think it's something. I gotta go get my daughter Betty. <laughs> uh, we ought to do a Hitchcock month at some point. Yeah. Well, here, I think it would be fun to do, um, if we do Hitchcock, to do high anxiety. I well. have enough of that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah high anxiety. Let's throw some, some sertraline at yeah. it. Make it go away. <laughs> high anxiety was the, um, the Mel Brooks Hitchcock parody. Huh. So it's oh a, okay, that's why that sounded familiar. Yeah, it's something that looked to be introduced. Uh, something that could be done. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. uh, so let's talk about 1934, and we don't have to worry about the machine because Max will tell us. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, uh, what do you want me to do? Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, what it? What did you think? No, I really liked him over here, you see, because one of these things, there was this dude, you know, when they were in Switzerland. We always dreamed about Switzerland having a bunch of dames all around us, but, you know, it's something they didn't really have too much, but starts out with some people shooting guns. I'm like, eh, okay. And then, you know, it's dramatic because nobody really wants to have their daughter missing or anything. And I'm like, are they going to do it? What's going to happen? And they said in England, and don't English people, they don't like guns, don't they? 
Uh, I don't no. know when that happened. Um, yeah, uh, that let's well, just not yeah let's just let's this. not dig into that. Okay. Uh, no, but actually, it was pretty interesting because I think you know just seeing it and you know very minimal shots, and uh, the dude was okay. You know, good Hitchcock, good guy. Ah, okay. I was like wondering. If, well, I don't want to spoil the ending. Yeah, I think just um, taking, you know, from what you're saying, Max, are you talking about some of the shots that are... I wish uh, Bob could have joined us, because I think he had to do a couple of papers on Hitchcock films mm. uh, when he was uh, when he was in college, but I think he had a... Um, oh, God, he had a few... Um, he had a few theories on that, but there's always, like, standard Hitchcock shots, like, when you notice somebody's gonna do something that's out of character, they're, you know, the shot, there's a shot of them head-on, uh, you like, know, right? Like creepy, creepy Dora the Explorer shit? Yeah, like, it's head-on right there, like, that's one it's of like the, st- the standards. That's where the camera goes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, a British couple on a trip to Switzerland, and, uh, Betty is their daughter, and they were, they befriended a dude, and he gets his, he gets shot. But this is after the shooting contest, and there was a skiing contest. Okay, right, he was a skier, yeah. and he almost hit a dog, I guess. Uh, Jill, yeah, the dog got loose onto the path, and the, then the uh, the couple's name was Bob and Jill. Yeah, uh, and Jill is like a sharpshooter, I guess. She was in a, a clay pigeon shooting contest, and what I want to know is, were those things ever shaped like pigeons? You think? Mm, I don't know. Is that why they call them skeet skeet shooting? Because they don't look at a damn thing like pigeons? Probably. They look like novelty flying discs. Yeah. But, um, yes, uh, uh, Raymond, who is the, her opponent for the final one, he comes back later. Oh, okay, this, I'm just refreshing my memory here. It says at the crucial moment she was distracted by the noise of a chiming watch, and that belongs to Abbott, who is the bad guy played by Peter Lorre. Abbott. No, yeah. no Costellos in this movie though. <laughs> yeah, I like how he's like. My English is not so good. <laughs> Meta. I don't know. Sounded yeah. fine by me. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, is like when we learned when we were in uh, Italy for our honeymoon. I think, you know, I remember our tour guide saying that, you know, in most European countries, it's it's a requirement to learn a few languages before you graduate high school. Well, that makes sense. They're in close proximity. Yeah. And then, like, here in America, we're like, ah, speak American. I mean, yeah. the, the probably the most useful would be Spanish. True. Uh, then yeah. again, I don't know if, you know, if you live near Canada, French helps. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah. But they got out plenty of English anyway, so... Yeah. True, but it just, it's there. English is easier than French. Mm. Like, look, fewer Yeah, true, marks. true, true, yeah. You don't want those stupid accent grave and the, the other thing. It's like, why... No Mr. Accent on the dough. Make them look different, not just, like, make them slanted in different directions. It's weird yeah. and annoying and confusing. I don't know. I don't know. The, um, I, I liked the shots here, like, okay, I, I get the idea of the, um, the first, the, the shots of, like, the outdoor sections and everything, and, like, oh, okay, I get it, and, 
I'm like, okay, that's kind of nice. They're walking through the woods. They saved a little dog, which the dog's never found. You know, that it never comes back again, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, which is kind of weird, but reasons. Um, and then, you know, the clay pigeon shoots. Like, is it supposed to show that these people are, like loving each other or this is a happy family i don't know because they keep ragging on their on betty like oh you didn't stay quiet when mom was shooting something and and she runs away i'm running away with another man and they were all like i don't know i think they were making jokes about her being useless or something or yeah it's like um irony much because she gets kidnapped yeah and then you know like we don't know what we got till it's gone Mm, yeah, but I don't know. She was smiling, so I guess they were just kidding. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you can have your bratty daughter. Yeah, like... Possibly one of the funny lines that you probably see, like sometimes you just want to have a bratty kid, and they call him a bratty kid. That's pretty funny. I would think that would be, you know, sensical. Yeah. Rather than funny. I mean, I I got called a brat, you know, when I was when I was little. Oh, you my, know. my aunt would call us kids brat face. Yeah, I got called cocky a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I can see that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. But but it was a affectionate hey, name. Wait a minute. Ah. It's bad. Uh, what else are you looking up here? Oh, I was just um, let's see. Um, yeah, I guess according to Wikipedia, I, I guess he came from Australia. Austria Hungary. Oh yeah. And started stage in Vienna. Mm. So yeah, he was re- he was already acting, but yeah, we're first talking English about role. Peter Lore. So. Yes. Laszlo Lowenstein. I don't. There's like accent marks in there. I'm not sure how yeah. you say that, but that that was his I'll name. Go with that here. But anyways, I just thought that would be interesting. Um. Mm. Anyways. Uh, Chiming watch. So yeah. I guess that's how she gets the idea at the end. But um, they're all at a loud dance and, you know, dancing and stuff. And that was kind of a dick thing for... But, I mean, was she flirting with that friend, the French guy who gets shot? Yeah, I guess. Like, I don't know. They were dancing together. and they Yeah, started. like the first 15 minutes of this movie is very uncomfortable. At least this part just didn't hold up. I mean, I'm I, I don't know what they were trying to show or where they were trying to be friendly or weird banter kind of thing. I don't yeah, know. like it, like it needed an extra five minutes just to show that these two just rag on each other mm. all the time, or just an extra sixty seconds or something. And he took her, her unfinished sweater and tied the yarn to the guy's <laughs> coat button, <laughs> and it unwound the whole thing and tangled people up. And I'm like, oh man. You know, they're gonna yeah. just cut everyone in half, just like ghost ship. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> or that yarn is is catching on that lady's dress. That sexual harassment yarn, <laughs> so naughty. But, I don't know. But go, oh man, yeah. I I would have been pissed if I was her. I mean, it wasn't finished, but still, that must have taken a little while to knit or crochet or whatever. It seemed like it did, yeah. But um. But outside of that, it was kind of funny. Yeah. And then he gets shot. Yeah, and it is like... During a loud part of the music. And yeah. this this is funny. Because he's just like... He just looks around confused and he's like... Oh. Uh-oh. And, and, and moves his jacket and he sees a little blood. And it's like... 
Uh oh, I've been shot. And nobody screams. Oh, look. Oh. <laughs> and nobody, he's like, has too much dignity to scream. Nobody screams in this movie when they get shot. Mm. They, they're just like, oh no, I've been shot. Oh. <laughs> and he just kind of sinks down and um, tells her to go find the brush in his hotel room and retrieve a yeah. message from the handle and give it to the British consul. Because he's yeah. like a secret agent, I guess. But so he did tell have, nobody uh, else. Yeah. Get this on their way or somebody will, will uh, do that. So I'm not sure when uh, Betty gets kidnapped. Yeah, well, she sent, they send Betty back to the room. Hmm. As this is all going on, so it's a you know it's it's a cross between the two section the two periods of time because there's the dad Bob Lawrence is trying to figure everything out, and Jill is being questioned by the police because she was dancing with the guy who died. Mm. So there's a bit of back and forth, and then you know he receives another note that says you know. Forget everything you saw. You will never see your child again. If you tell anybody. If you tell, yeah, don't tell anybody what you saw. And, you know, and then that's, I think that's the period of time where, you know, it's like nobody's with the kid, so then she's gone. Yeah, and suddenly yeah. we see her on, like, a one-horse open sleigh? Right, with, yeah. Uh, with uh, Abbott? Yeah, which that was a little confusing because I thought they all escaped for a little while. I was just, like, wondering if any footage was missing or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I could see your point with it, yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I like Abbott's groovy skunk hair stripe. Hmm. But what's up with that? Yeah. Just so Why you know, he scar? Did he get, like, hit in the head with something? Like, yeah. You know, he's a criminal. Maybe he got into a tussle with some ninjas and got a star in his head or something. I don't know. Mm. But it makes for uh, a good poster. Uh, I think it's just to know that he's evil and that he's associated with Pepe Le Pew. What? I don't even know if he was, Pepe Le Pew was around then. Yeah, it's just there. You know, he's kind of skunk-like looking and, you know. Oh, God, now I just pictured that one. Boss, I think I know what you mean. Hmm? What? Peter Lors. Yeah, you know where I'm going, dude. Peter Lors, Pepe Le Pew? Yep. Oh, what? God. Is that a horrifying nightmare image in your yeah. head now? No, I'm just thinking of it like, you know, like, here it's the. <laughs> you know I love you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> weird. But, um,. I don't know. Is this around when Clive comes into the picture? I'm not sure what Clive... Was he a police? He wasn't a Clive person? seems to be, like, the... He seemed to be the assistant. Oh, okay. At least for whatever Bob or Jill do in life. You know, he's kind of... Because he kinda, tags along with, with Bob. Yeah. Yeah, little scene there. I, I kind of equate it to, like, you know, like the, the Watson of Sherlock. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're trying to figure out the mystery yeah. itself. Uh, it's not really fully explained. But this guy, he gets the runs under the stick, you know, between <laughs> getting... He gets hypnotized by these people and then takes off. And before that, he gets a tooth pulled. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, this weird dentist. That was weird. And for five shillings, which is the equivalent of about maybe 50 cents... I have no idea. At least idea. that time I looked it up when oh. we were with the... Oh, 
<laughs> but, um, damn, I forgot where I was going. Uh, mm. Yeah, I guess. Oh, the, the police warned them that the bad guys are planning on assassinating some head of state from a European country and but they don't want to tell because they're like you know they got they want to protect their kid but the police say that if they don't then it could start like another world war one and you wouldn't want that on your conscience Right, and that that was actually a really good uh, a really good build up for that. I liked that. I said, you know, you ever heard of Franz Ferdinand? And I'm like, Take the band, you know. So <laughs> you know, so you got that, and it's like, well, he was shot by a man you didn't hurt, you never heard of. Who then he was shot by a man you never heard of, and then those countries are at war, and Lots eventually we died. all are at war. You know, it all just built, uh, it built up, built up, and built up. How did there. World War Two start? World War Two. Electric II. Boogaloo. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. <laughs> World War Two. Electric Boogaloo. World War Two started where basically it was, um, it was basically Germany, Italy, France started to take over different countries. And Wait, I thought France was, you know, annexed. I'm sorry, Germany, Italy, Japan. Ah, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Um, started taking over countries and started spreading out, and then, um, you know, where whatever was left of the fledgling armies, um, you know, they started to, um, defend themselves, and then, you know, well, (laughs) because we only study American history, apparently, you know, they bombed Pearl Harbor, and then we just whipped the ass of everybody. I remember world history vaguely but that's a real big time period you know i know something something byzantine yeah i know i know i'm just being weird (laughs) um yeah so but i think oh they get a phone call with a mysterious lady warning them don't and she says information like she's i don't know if it's to hint that she can see them or yeah knows who's talking to them yeah i think the room was bugged Ah, or something, or one of them. I don't mean to interrupt your little chat, but uh, don't tell them anything, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I guess they had phone tracing abilities or something, because the special ops, or I don't remember what they called it, special something. Yeah, special, special like a, investigator. Yeah. Throw uh, the, he got the information, because I guess operators didn't give away that info, but he said something and got the right person to yeah. tell him that it came from a place called Wapping. Right, and it came from, it came from basically a payphone. Yeah. Yeah, a but public phone box. Then, then he calls the police or something to tell him, okay, put plainclothes cops all over the place there. Yeah. For some reason. But the parents are like, they think that the bad guys will know and think and kill their daughter because they think they might be able to identify the cops. And as, you know, hey, that weirdo on the corner, that bum's no bum. Yeah. That's a, a, a cop. I like their little bobby hats. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they rush to that place, whopping or something. To uh, 
the dentist. I don't know what the fuck they were going to do, but they were following the leads on the paper. Yeah. It, were they trying to get to her or stop the assassination or? Well, really, I think what they were trying to the do the bad guys. Just, hey, we didn't do this, but the the cops are coming. Yeah, they were trying to find the kid, but it turns out like the movie title. I mean, he knew too much of what was going on. Mm. And as he started to see things and started to go after his kid, he started stumbling on other things. Like, I don't think he knew. Well, I think he obviously he knew about the uh, the assassination attempt, but didn't really give a shit. Mm. But like, okay, well, my kids. Well, I think like most people would do. Hey, my kid's gone. You know, my my child is in danger. Go get the kid. Yeah. Done. Yeah. So first they end up at a weirdo dentist place with with a model of scary teeth for its sign. <laughs> and I just thought that it was, I guess the guy's name was Barbour or something. I yeah. was just like, oh God, is that a misspelled Barber dentist? I thought those things went out with the Middle Ages or something. Mm. You know, with their leeches and oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. But he was just a dentist. Huh. And he was kind of scary and... Um, oh, the poor Clive was all like, oh, yeah, Clive's got a toothache. And then if he had gas, why didn't he use it on Clive? Yeah. He was just like, ah! please. A scream, and I, I assume he got his tooth ripped out. Mm. Uh, and then, well, I, I guess Bob must have been damn brave because he was all like, uh, yeah, I kind of got a toothache, too. What were they doing? Trying to stall? Trying to eavesdrop information? Cause somebody well, was I coming? think at that time with the note, they knew somebody was going to come around, so they figured they'd try to see who it was, or at least see some people who were involved in this issue, because they were mm. trying to find all the all that other issue, and it ends up that it was George Barbar at, uh, at A Hall, was what the note said. Uh. So it's like they try to figure out, okay, well, what's the hall? And then that's the next one where they end up seeing, like, they find this little temple area of the sun worshippers in London. Oh, the gas, though. Oh, all right, yeah. Uh, um, Bob, the, he, he, can't, he can't keep a story straight. I don't know why they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to tell the dentist that we just got off a bolt. I don't know why. Maybe to explain why they're there so late. Yeah, I think you could hear it. You could hear the port nearby yeah, it's in the background. Port, so I so. think that was like the easiest way of like, explaining why they're jump. They're just dropping in. And oh man, uh, he, he can't. He's the dentist is like, oh, what ship? Because of course he's gonna ask stupid questions. Right. And then every the two ship names he gives, you know. They don't come until tomorrow. Or it had its. I was on that one second to last voyage or whatever it's like oh shit and he's reaching for all the pointy scary dentist tools and and the gas and he so you know he knows that something shady's going on but when he tries to gas him uh bob chokes the dentist and then basically in a very lazy way too just basically swaps places with yeah. the dentist and takes his dentist jacket puts it on and yeah. pretends to be working on the, his teeth <laughs> Yeah, it's a very lazy way. He slowly puts that, and you think like if he had the gas, he would slowly start to lose control of himself. Because I mean, I've had a lot of, di I've had a couple different forms of anesthesia in my life, mm. and I remember the gas mask one that I had once, where they had to. Uh, I think they had. To, I think that's when they pulled my tonsils out. 
Um, and then they just did that. You do lose your, you lose your bodily control very quickly. You lose your prime motor function. So it's like, like that. Poopy pants. Sure. Um, but then he had the, um, you know, so he just like lazily got that. It's like, oh, that's his cue to do that. Oh, I'm supposed to be choked. What's well, yeah. happening slowly? Yeah. yeah. You know, like running somebody over with a Zamboni kind of. <laughs> but uh you'll be dead in five minutes <laughs> oh and, and then he has to regas him when some i don't mm-hmm. remember who comes well, it was lure at that point oh okay yeah, he came in first and then it was the henchman dude was that uh yeah. the, the sharpshooter guy yeah the guy who basically looked like the evil soda jerk in the end oh yeah yeah that guy yeah mr hideous center part down his hair like dude yeah yeah. are you in a barbershop quartet it's either you're in a barbershop quartet or you're gonna harm a child (laughs) like there is no real unless it's 1905 or 1910 or something yeah or you know you you were one of the little rascals at one point hmm you know, uh, either that, he you'll lost, be fine. He lost his cowlick in a horrible uh, wartime <laughs> injury. But, uh, yeah, he was the winning sharpshooter who I... I don't know if he was really... He did, he seemed not exactly willing, but later on they were like, you've all... Uh, you agreed with our to help our cause. Their cause, we never really find out, but other than assassinating a dude. Right, yeah. I don't know if they meant to start a war or if they were like, fuck that guy or whatever. I don't know if it matters or not, whether it would have enhanced anything Mm, to know their motivations. Because I was thinking sort of off topic, but um, talking about... Eh? No, no, Jason in the Jason movie. Is it Jason or... uh, No, no, not that one. The other guy with the mask. Ah, the... You'll find out, maybe. I don't know. What are you talking about? <clears throat> oh, the the guy from Halloween movies, with the with the Kirk mask. Michael Myers. Okay, good. You've been to the right places on the internet. Yeah. So, um, but apparently I read. I mean, I heard a criticism of. I think when uh, what's his face made the remake. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie, yeah. yeah. He put too much backstory, and knowing that kind of stuff kind of removed the mystery from this evil figure who was like more like a force. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Sometimes moti- knowing the motivations enhances it. Sometimes mm. it dehances it. <laughs> it does. It I does. Yeah. Any opinion on that in this movie? Uh, well, I mean, it just. I was looking for that too. Like, what is the problem here? Mm. Like, where? Uh, what are they gonna? How are they gonna get off? Um, by assassinating. Um, what was the ambassador? Uh, something. Yeah, he he didn't seem to be like a chancellor or a president or anything. So uh, the wiki says head of state. Oh, okay, so. He it had, like, a fancy seemed, mustache. It just seemed like, okay, very important person, and, you know, maybe he, it was a copycat of the Franz Ferdinand death. Or, or, um, That's why I was yeah, wondering, yeah, did they want so, a war, or did they, was it a, just a, this guy's politics sucks, let's kill him kind of thing, or I don't know. Yeah, and maybe if they went a little deeper into it, it would have lost the focus. 
Probably. Yeah. Because if we're in the parents' shoes, they don't give a fuck. They just want their kid back. Yeah. Good point, actually, yeah. So, um... Oh, we... Let's... Where were we? I'm sorry. Uh, we're at the part where the kids... Uh, let's see, the kids the take in. Yeah, they escape something. the dentist. They go to the... The sun cult. The sun cult. Yeah, the sun worshippers' uh, little area there. I like so. that joke about... They must worship... They, 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 I bet they're all nude or something. <laughs> Is the sun worshipper just somebody who likes to lie on the beach in the sun? Or, I guess. I don't know. Or are they naked? I don't know. But I, I got That's the joke. That's a nudist, but, no, yeah. Well, I don't know if that was a euphemism or something. Yeah. But, oh, man, I, that, there's another funny part where there's everybody's singing some kind of hymn about the sunrise and shit. Yeah. And then they don't yeah. know the words, so they try to blend in and they talk to each other in song just to kind of disguise <laughs> their conversation. <laughs> and they notice a creep. That's funny, yeah. They notice, Forgot about that. A creepy lady staring at them, and he's and Bob warns Clive that there's trouble coming. Yeah. You know, in song. Yeah. Um. That was pretty freaking good. And then, oh, I guess she's the priestess or whatever, because yeah. she goes to the pulpit thing and sounds all freaky, like, you know, hey, new guys. Yeah. Are you in the ever you guys? Are you in the fourth circle of the mysteries of the blah blah blah? And so they kind of like, oh fuck. Mm. So she makes Clive come up and stare into a shiny mirror thing that's reflecting light to make his mind blank and hypnotizes him, and he just kind of zones out. And then she's all like, everyone not in the fourth circle, leave. And then the organist old lady like sticks a gun in the back of what's his face uh, bob. bob and it's all like you wouldn't leave your friend would you mm. i'd be like but but i'm not in the fourth circle man yeah but they lock the gates when the noobs leave yeah and i don't know i guess they're a criminal ring or something they're they're like a conspiracy to assassinate so i'm like wondering how much of this sun call is is the entirety of the sun cult just a ruse for this conspiracy, or is it a little bit from column A, a little bit of <laughs> genuine? Yes. <laughs> Imagine I, if they all got arrested, or like nowadays, if it was something like back in the '90s with Heaven's Gate. Oh God. You know where it's like everybody started dropping, and then there's the one guy who actually came there for the Jello. Um, I just came for the sun. I just heard it was really nice. Oh, hey, wait, where everybody? Oh, oh are they all sleeping again? <laughs> oh, oh, and this, this is a nice predecessor to Jerry Springer because there's guns pointed and then Bob throws a chair at a guy <laughs> with a gun. So, um, insert joke <laughs> about the news and stuff. That was funny. I, I guess a chair is more effective than a novelty-sized bat. Yeah. But uh, then a chair fight ensues, and everyone's just fucking throwing chairs at each other. And the hypnotized guy, Clive, he gets a chair thrown at him, and he barely he stirs. He's like, huh, what? I got hit in the head with a chair? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it takes Bob yelling at his name to finally... I don't even know if he... I don't know. He's just acting drunk now, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, Jerry, 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 <laughs> Would you say it's more Jerry Springer or more WWF with the... Didn't they do chair stuff? 
yeah, they did, but it was more. It wasn't like what it was. It was more like Jerry Springer. Yeah, because you know WWF style would be like, like a large you know, paddle for spanking. Yeah, they would just suddenly just they would appear in the chair and they would direct it at one person and then that was it. You know, like a, a well timed slap with a paddle. Pretty much, yeah. But this was like chairs in the air, I think. Yeah. Chairs in the air. Yeah, everybody has that's weird, but everybody has a has a gun and they just throw chairs at each other. <laughs> like it just reminded me too, like we just saw Deadpool two last night. Oh god, yeah. And it reminded me of the scene where they like cable is shooting at him and he's like waving his katanas in front of him, oh. slicing the bullets and he just goes, Ow. Cause he like, wasn't hitting the bullets, I yeah. guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's ow. Your bullets are really fast. <laughs> and it just did it. The, yeah, good movie. You should all go see it. It was really good. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess Bob was looking for Betty in those mm-hmm. places. Um, right. It was like an adjoining house. Um, that she yeah, was, with some wor- with some uh, hidden rooms there. Yeah, Betty was kept in a room, and then yeah. he was held prisoner there something like that and i don't know how they got in contact with the cops well what happened was clive jumped out the window oh okay so then he went he found out and he was fighting with the evil soda jerk dude yeah um he started ripping his shirt and he found the tickets to the hall and he's like oh Albert Hall, okay, good. He said, get out there, call Jill, tell her to go to Albert Hall. It's happening there, and the cops, you know, tell the cops about everything. So that's how, you know, basically that led into the third act ah. at that point. So, like, what he's like, tell him he's sort of got to go, but I need to call the Bobbies. <laughs> or whatever. And then he tries, he brings English. the pol- he brings the police back, and but he's still kind of half hypnotized, so it's very oh, easy yeah. for Abbott to sit <laughs> and the the cult lady be like, "He's drunk," or no, um, was it drunk? I don't know. Yeah. But he disrupted a. They called it. He's disrupted he, us many times. And oh, you want to charge him with disrupting a sacred edifice? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yes, and so he gets carted off, never to be seen again. I think. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, um, and and then of course the bad guys have a laugh about it. Yeah. They're like, "Ha! Huh, uh, we turned the tables on you." Yeah. Go ahead and shoot him. And you know Peter Lore's tapping on the padding of this arched doorway. Nobody will hear. <laughs> that, that's like weird pillow door. Yeah, like, yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. You, everyone like, knows it's egg cartons. <laughs> even when you see later, like, when they're, like, they're going into the door, it's all shot up anyway. Mm. Yeah, like, they know what's going on. It's like, well, all right. You know, it just, you kind of see it was, it could have been easily taken out. Yeah, well, it looked like a big door anyways, but, uh. Yeah. Or at least the there's a lot of sound-related things in this movie, because, mm. like, remember during the the, the sh- gunfight that turned into a chair fight, the cult lady was told the organist, play the organ or else people will hear and whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, You, you true, don't want the police true. coming, so... Yeah. Organ, chair fight, you know, drown out the sound. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, you're right, too. Yeah, I guess... He does get to see Betty because they bring Betty out, but then they're all like, uh, basically implying, yeah, we're going to kill her. Cause yeah. 
I don't know why they waited. They were going for a long journey. A journey that never comes. Shakespeare was a great poet. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was kind of funny in that point, too. Yeah, it was charming. <laughs> so charming. They say the last goodbyes. Yeah. And I am a criminal with a good heart. Oh, and uh, the the assassin is supposed to shoot during a large like symbol crash or something to cover up the noise. Mm-hmm. So he's being instructed on that, and he goes to Albert Hall, and they're listening on the radio, I guess, or yeah. a tap or something. Some sort of radio tap. Uh, yeah, you're right, yeah. I didn't know if it was a tap or if they just broadcast that shit on the radio, because mm-hmm. it's like a celebrity concert. Yeah, which is weird. But Everybody was dressed fancy. Yeah. It's kind of weird when you think about stuff like that. Like, you have a concert where you have a giant orchestra, and then... You know, you have all these people who just sit there and watch intensely and it's deadly silent and then polite applause later. <laughs> As opposed to some other concerts where people are just, like, going crazy. Hmm. Like, I've been to several where I've lost my voice and, you know, or even, like, even when we went to Postmodern Jukebox last time a few months back, even where I was just going nuts or some others were dancing and screaming and... You know, it just wasn't, it just, it seems so strange just to see music playing and nobody saying a word. Mm. You know, it's like very, um, it's like when you, um... Hear stories about when the Beatles went to Japan or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, I was trying to think of a name for it, but it's, I think it was, yeah, it was a Paul McCartney interview. Earlier they sit there very, very quiet, and then they, like, politely applaud in between, and then... It's like, did they like it? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there even happened true. There was um, uh, the band Guns N' Roses when I watched them, and they were, they had um, they had a concert of uh, on video of their Tokyo stuff, and uh, it was two separate VHS tapes. I remember, and Axl Rose, he's like, "Wow, this was the wildest crowd we've ever had." I'm like, "How bad was the rest of your fucking tour?" Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's just everybody's just quiet, you know. I think they had, like, one shot of, like, you know, one little Japanese girl just, like, dancing a little bit, and then that was it. <laughs> oh, it was just different. I don't know. Just, just a run of thought. How did Jill get into the concert without a ticket? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she figured, hey, if I wear a fur coat, uh, I'll blend in. Yeah. So she, she sits there, and, the, you know, it's a concert with choir singing and orchestra shit and um i guess she's waiting i don't um for that cymbal crash yeah i don't know how yeah. she knows well she starts see i don't know how she did either but i know she sees that open balcony oh, yeah the gun pop out yeah sort of the open slowly. balcony that has this weird movement and then it goes back and she sees that prime the head of state guy and then back, and then head of state. So, like, the head of state guy was somewhere between Sigmund Freud and Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> you know, and Patrick Stewart. So, like, you know, she's looking and seeing that. And that's, like, one of the classic... Um, it's one of the classic uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock-style um, shots where he'll pan, and he'll pan back and forth. When you know something's going to happen, it'll almost be, like, painful because he's trying to raise the tension as much as he can mm. with the viewer. And then you see it. Like, I can only imagine um, 
Just give us the money shot. Yeah, actually, Max, why don't you uh, give... What? Hey, Max, when you go to the movie theater, do you wear a tuxedo? Well, no. Because I didn't want to meet you guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it took you a little while to get some new clothes, too, right? How are you enjoying the modern threads, yo? Yeah, a lot better. But that's not so bad, but what are you saying about that shot thing? Yeah, so, like, what was it like? Where, yeah, no, he had to build that shot up and really just see. You're like, oh, my God, just do something already. I'm like, is he got a Abe Lincoln, the guy? <laughs> just do something. He's there at the theater. He's not, nobody's watching him. Yeah, the guy's going to get shot. And you know what's going to happen? Just let it go. But, he, yeah, right, but he kept building, right? Yeah, he kept building and building and building. Damn, dude. Man, you gotta, he's really tantricking it up there. Yeah. Just <laughs> let the gun go off. <laughs> uh, and then at the last minute, oh, wait, wait, in the meantime, there's the big, wait, this, no, the gunfight's after, right? Right, yeah. Okay, well, um. Yeah, yeah she's pretty much act three. I yeah. think she's debating whether to foil the assassination or, you know. I was wondering if she was one still wanting to save her kid, basically, or mm. if she was like, I, I'm not entirely sure what, it, I mean, did that mean she suddenly cared more about preventing a war or something? We, we don't get much into the characters' heads. No. So I was, I feel like it should have been like she's wondering if it, what's the right thing to do, you know, do I save my kid who I owe my protection to or do I save the world from another goddamn war maybe but I don't know I don't know if that's just something reading I don't know it's not explicit or anything I just wondered if she was wondering that or that would have been nice to see though or to imply um so, yeah, she stands up and screams yeah. just at that symbol crash. And, well... Just enough to startle everything. and Just like she got startled during the sharpshooting competition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I didn't remember that until I read the... Yeah. I glanced over the synopsis. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't think of that either, yeah. But, yeah, um, there's a lot of... Stuff about sound covering up your sins, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. But um, the bad guys in their lair hear about the uh, the radio announcer guy. Oh, it must have been broadcast then because he was t- talking to yeah. an audience. Or, yeah. Um, well, it sounds like it went off for a lot of hitch. Yeah, for all our sakes, I hope so. <laughs> but no, it turns out he was shot in the shoulder and not killed. So. Yeah. It'd be just a flesh wound. Yeah, and then they I guess they carted him off, and for some reason they still let the people in back in to watch the rest of the concert? Yeah. Okay, guys, not dead. Come on back in. Everything's Shoot fine. Shoot him over. Come in. Yeah. Watch your blood. I don't know. So, oh, right. She was she was chasing after that guy. Right. Um, but he didn't, when he returned to the lair, he didn't think that he'd been followed or anything yeah but um now there's the the police are creeping in and uh abbott spots them through the window and meanwhile bob's sneaking around oh wait the after the shootout starts the cops come and they get a 
they are being shot at. And, yeah, they send this... Well, first they send this one guy, oh, go up and knock on the door. And I'm like, you idiots. He's going to get shot. Oh, he got shot. Yeah. Falls right over. And I'm like, no shit. Huh. It's a criminal hideout. What do you expect? Yeah, I just immediately went to Monty Python and uh, the you, Holy Grail. You think they drop a foot on him? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, with the scene with the killer rabbit. And really here it is. All of a sudden, I just hear Graham Chapman say, Run away! Yeah. And they, uh, then they just, the cops get guns. And I, I guess there's a local gunsmith. That they get rifles. And uh, um, I feel like, I kind of feel like the movie drags at this mm. point. Like It does. I'm glad you said that because I felt the same way. I'm like, okay, they're shooting, they're shooting, they're shooting. They're shooting. Like, I could have left the couch, gone to a, get a glass of water. I'm like, hey, they're still shooting. Yeah. You know, or just, like, I would imagine if this was the modern day, there would be random stuff going on. They did. Um, in the street. The wiki says the 1956 version, they cut out the gunfight. Oh, okay. Because I, I just, I don't know, I felt like there was a, maybe not a catharsis or something, but I felt like there was a re the release of tension was when she decides... Um, to take the risk and stop the assassination by screaming. Right, yeah. But it, it just keeps going for a while. And, um, oh, this is when, he, yeah, you know, the bad guys are getting picked off and right. they're crawling around, like, the cult lady getting more ammo and uh, um, Bob sneaking around to go find Betty and almost runs into the people mm. and has to hide Good thing yeah. he broke into that door. <laughs> yeah, true, true. But then he does get Betty, and they try to leave, but they run into the shooter guy, and uh, he shoots Bob. Yeah. That's the last we see of Bob. Um, well, I mean, we see him... Slumped over. Yeah, something. like you know, like the cop, and when the, when the cops all come in, they pick him up, and, you know, they start to hang him. You see him, like... Like, start to get himself together. So I assume he was alive and that he just got hit in the shoulder or something. And Betty slowly backs backs away from uh, the... Raymond, they call him? Yeah. I, I, always, I guess that's how you would say it because there's no accent mark Ramon, on the yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, he looks like a, an evil soda jerk now. Yeah. Um, with his <laughs> bow tie and shit. Yeah. And he goes after her because... Uh, um, Abbott wants to use her basically as a human shield to kind of get right. out of the place. Right, yeah. And, um, oh, and then she's, the Betty is spotted on the roof and, uh, um, you know, as the bad guys, uh, Raymond's closing in on her. Um, I don't know what he's gonna do, but, um, Jill is there. She grabs the rifle and kills off the competitor who beat her. Yeah. And he falls off the roof, and Betty's fine, and she cries, and... Oh, they, they shoot Abbott, because he's behind a... Oh, it says here he was, be he was hiding behind a door, but was betrayed by the chiming of his watch, which is the thing that distracted uh, Jill at the beginning of the movie. Oh. So he's shot, and... I don't know where... No bullet hole or anything, just hand on chest, like... Yeah. The whole time, so okay, it's like, bomb. like I would think it would have the bullet would have gone through his hand, but no. Just, yeah. 
I have my hand well, on my chest. I die. It's 1934, so there's just boom. I really like when the mom shoots the guy. Mm. And just that's where you could see, like, you know, the mother's love coming in. I thought that was really awesome. So, yeah, so then, then you know, they're Betty's reunited the with end. the parents, and it's tie end. So uh, fucking abrupt. There's no yeah. denouement? Is that no. not how I say that? <laughs> I want to know when that became a thing where you just see a little bit of, you know, what the characters are up to after their adventure. That, I believe, was, um, I don't know if it was the first one, but that was really popularized with Animal House at the end. Huh. You know, where it's just, I'm just boom, looking it up. done. So, uh, but a lot of it was abrupt because there was maybe something else that was going on at the end before the audience left, or it was the story, once the story was done, it was done. Hmm. You know, I, I think personally, I I think it was actually, it was a good one. I'm glad I watched this one, and I'm kind of glad. Even though for like the first 15 minutes, I'm like, oh my god, this is boring. Yeah. Like, this is boring, this is boring. If Sorry. you do pick this up, uh, what I would suggest for listeners, sit through it. You know, through the entirety of it, and then you'll be able to see, you know, you'll be able to see it all. I don't think I'm going to really remember it, though. I don't think so either, but I think it's a good thing, like, once you see it, if you're curious about this type of stuff. But apparently Hitchcock had a British period, and this was the best one of that. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't care. It has an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes, so. I can see why. It, it did. I just. But I, I don't. I'm not going to remember it in a couple no, of days. No, not at all. Not at all. It's definitely something like, you know, if you're here, you're sitting in a a day or you just kind of had a lazy day and you're like, okay, well, I'll check this out, see what this is like. If you're interested in the movies of Peter Lore, then uh, I think one thing that's really good, I just saw in the notes over your shoulder, um, Peter Lore just started learning English, so he had to learn all his lines phonetically for this. He did? Yeah. Huh. So it is there. He actually did pretty well, but you could tell sometimes some things are a little enunciated. You know that it makes sense. It's like okay, it's like, I will use her as a human shield. He doesn't say human shield. I I forgot how he explained it, but well, I, I was think because I was thinking that why doesn't he say human shield? Was that term not invented yet or? Well, but still, you know, we we'll use her as cover, but it's still, it was just enunciated. That's what I was getting at. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I generally enjoyed it. Any particular fantasy casting or things you would like to see different? Fantasy casting! Oh, I, th- I think you have ideas. Me? now, I'm good. No? No, I just wanted to go ahead and just do that line. Fantasy casting! Have you have you learned about um, movie stars today? You no. have any favorites? No. no. No, I honestly think like the first thing I thought of was when we were watching this is when um, when it ended. I, th- I immediately thought fantasy casting, and I just said, Ooh. "This is basically Kill Bill." But 
without any squibs yeah. or blood. Yeah, much. like this is basically Kill Bill itself, and it's this is a perfect Tarantino style. To, it's ripe for him to remake it. You know, there are so many others. Like, okay, the daughter's the the daughter's been kidnapped, and you know the parents have got to go on a spree to be able to save the daughter. It, Wait, so taken? Liam Nielsen is in this. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have special skills? I wasn't even thinking about that actually. Yeah, we don't even know what Bob did really. Huh? I don't know, but I would. Oh, I forgot the name of the actor, but um, what was that show? Uh, hmm. Um, being human, I think. The werewolf guy. I would like to see oh, yeah. Bob be played by the werewolf guy. Oh yeah. Huh. With the ears that stick out. Oh, That's an interesting one. I don't yeah. know why. It's just maybe it's something about his curly hair and sort of like when he gets pulls one over on the bad guys, he's like ha ha, kind of. Well, he doesn't yeah. make a sound, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, I could see that. Mm. That's an interesting thought. Um, I, I would say really just, it, it's ripe for, I'll, I'll take your thunder on this one, but it's really ripe for a Tarantino remake. In, in all honesty, it seems to be played very, very well in that direction. I like... I like that Jimmy Stewart was was in a remake of it, which hmm. seemed to be kind of interesting. And Russell Tovey. That's who. The, oh, being the, human. The, oh, werewolf, the werewolf guy. guy. Okay, okay. But the um, yeah, I could see your point with that. But the uh, I would say really, in the modern day, um, I keep wanting to say Kel Mitchell. Who would he play, you think? I, I was just looking up the at The dead or something, or like, oh even with the, uh... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What if it was Keenan and Kel, and, yeah. and, and, and they had a baby, and they would try to get the baby back? <laughs> and, and it was just a ridiculous slapstick farce. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say that, or... I don't know. I don't know, I really, I got nothing else. I had a few others, or probably, like, the girl who played Domino in the Deadpool movie hmm. last night, the one who was just genuinely lucky. Oh, yeah. You know, she would walk in there, and everybody would be shooting, and it would just be all around. Or, and she'd just walk in, like... Yeah, <laughs> or, like, whoop, whoop, immediately I was just thinking, that's why I said it was, like, it has a Tarantino style to it. Because it uses and, dark humor. Yeah, especially, like, in Pulp Fiction with the, um, the, what I call it, the, the big Kahuna Burger scene. Um, you know, where, um, you have, uh, Jules and, um, Vincent about ready to shoot up those guys and they got the briefcase that they need to do. And then at the very end where you have, um, it's God, a light. God damn it. I can't remember his name. Um, the guy who voiced Hermes in, um, uh, shit. I can see his, uh, it's not Aerie Spears, but... The guy who voiced Hermes in uh, Futurama is basically pops out of the bathroom. He's gonna shoot him, but then there the bullets just go all around him. Huh. You know, and it's and then the very end of it. But I could see it has it has 
so much. It's so much there for him to just take and run with it and do his own version of it. It would be just as good mm. to me. Or, uh, well, and then just to add all to that anyway, just the cherry on top, Christoph Waltz would be perfect to play Peter Lohr's character. Mm. That's the bingo. I, I don't remember. Christoph Waltz played the Nazi in the... Um, that movie. Glorious Bastards. Oh! The one at the end that had the swastika on his forehead. The, the, oh, okay. He was yeah. the one who wanted the milk. Yes. And that scene that reminded me yes. of... Yes, yes, that the guy. The bad and the ugly. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Milk-loving Nazi. The wit for the creme type guy. I, I could see him playing that perfectly. Really? He, but he seems conventionally attractive. Yeah, but still, I could see, I could be, see him wait. playing that... Somewhat charming of a human being, even though he's delightfully evil. Are we? Yeah, we're talking about the villain role, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was looking up things yeah. to see if I could find something interesting. No, that's all right. Um, all right, I think with that, I think we're good here. Do you have others or? No. Um. I just want to see if anybody's written why old movies end abruptly. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we have a reason why. I mean, I think it really is, which is the style at the time that it just, <laughs> like it just an onion ended. In the belt. Yeah, <laughs> it just ended in general, really. Uh, Max, do you have anything to add to that? No. Well, that was an abrupt ending, huh? <laughs> what do you say? Yeah. The end. <laughs>